Welcome to the Business with Bordeaux podcast, where we're bringing basic business tips to entrepreneurs and the future leaders of tomorrow. Let's get down to business. Hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of the Business with Bordeaux podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode this week. I have with me an interview with Buddha P. Uh, this is a great interview. It was a fun interview, and it wasn't just information. We had a good time, and uh, but we did talk a lot about serving and going from front stage to behind the scenes to really help elevate and, and boost and push others in front of us. And so uh, if you're that type of person, then you're going to love this interview. If you're not that type of person, you need to be and you need to listen to this interview. <laughs> so this interview, is, is it really is for everybody. And uh, so it was a great conversation. Can't wait to, to let you hear it. Before we jump into it, though, I do want to thank Aaron Simpkins over at TrueStrengthApparel.com. Supporting the show since day one. Head over there and uh, check out some of his stuff that he has on there. He also carries the Solomon's Porch podcast merch. So if you're a fan of that show, you want to support that show as well, head over to truestrengthapparel.com and check that out. Jay Sannon, LT Smith, two phenomenal artists. LT told me, well, I don't know if I can officially say it, so I'm not going to say it yet. Just keep an eye out for LT. Uh, his, his music, his latest video is in the description as well as Jay Sannon, and I appreciate those guys for listening, supporting, giving me feedback, all that good stuff. And so, yeah, man, let's go ahead and jump into the interview this week with Buddy P. All right, and welcome back to another Business with Bordeaux interview. Today, I have with me a guest. Been trying to get on for a little while. Finally, we're able to get it done. Uh, you've, you've heard of her music before. You've heard of her on Trackstars before. She was probably one of the uh, highlighted interviews uh, even today, I would say one of the better interviews, and I have with me today, Butter P. How's it going? Yes, I'm good. How are you? I am doing good, doing great. Glad to have you on the show finally. And uh, you know, I as I told you before we got started you know, recording, you know, you do so much behind the scenes that I don't think anybody really understands. And um, <laughs> and you know, a lot of people want to do things and they want to contribute to, you know, what's commonly known as CHH or Christian hip hop or whatever. And, uh, and you, you know, you've kind of, you've done a lot, you know, you, you were an artist with Rima soul. Then you've done a little bit of independent stuff. And now, now you're kind of doing behind the scenes management, things like that. And I, and I kind of wanted to get people to be able to hear kind of where you come from, uh, you know, from whether your childhood or young adulthood into music and then how that led to what you're doing now. Yeah. So um, I was um, born and raised on the playgrounds where I spent most of my days. <laughs> <laughs> I was born. I'm from Pennsylvania um, and uh, yeah, born and raised up north. And so um, grew up, grew up in a Christian home. Um, and then probably when I hit about 16, 17, I kind of just started, you know, uh, finding my own journey, going through my own journey of life and what that looked like and making some horrible choices. <laughs> As we all do. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, went off to college, kind of just went through the self-discovery stage, um, you know, wasn't serving the Lord. Um, I was just kind of just doing my thing. And, um, and so, uh, probably, you know, but in that, in that process is actually, you know, I probably started 
really getting into music. Well, actually, let me let me rewind. I started rapping when I was 12. My brother introduced me to hip hop when I was 12. And what was your um, introduction? So um, <laughs> my brother's best friend left his rhyme book at my house. And so I found his rhyme book one day and I just started reading his raps and I just started learning them. Like I just started memorizing them. And then one of the one of the songs um, I read, I, I remember hearing him perform it. So I was like, oh, I remember this song. And so I just started learning the song. And then one day um, I'm in my room rapping it and my brother and his best friend are at my door um, listening to me and they start laughing. And I'm like, and I was so embarrassed. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to take your book. You left it here. <laughs> and my brother was like, wow, like, you're actually really good at this. And so my brother was actually really the one, him and his best friend was the one that encouraged me to really like do it. Cause I was young. I had a voice. I, when I was young, I had a very raspy voice. Right. And so his friend actually let me have his rhyme book. And so I learned all his raps <laughs> and that's really how I, <laughs> that's really how I got into it. And then, you know, little by little, my brother, um, started, you know, introducing me to hip hop and I grew up in a pretty strict home. So like, you know, we weren't allowed to really listen to like, uh, rap music and <laughs> and all those things and so you you kind of had to like sneak it and stuff and so um but yeah my brother you know started introducing him to stuff like that and I just fell in love with the culture and then I grew up up north so like we were already engulfed in hip-hop culture anyway right. you know what I mean so like um I just love the culture of it and then fast forward I went to college I was really into it I got on radio in college and that's really kind of where the journey started and the love for it and realizing like I could actually have a career in this thing. Um, and, you know, went from being in college in radio. Um, I ended up moving down to Florida um, to kind of get my life together after I had some, got some mess and gave my life to the Lord, came to Florida and, um, took a year off completely from music. I didn't listen to music for a year. I didn't watch it. I didn't write it. Nothing. I just didn't, I just wanted to just kind of detox from everything. And, um, then finally, I probably a little bit after a year, um, I was going to school for film and we, one of our assignments was to do a music video. And so that's kind of what segued me back into doing music. And before you knew it, um, one of my classmates, we linked up and we ended up at this studio down in Miami and it ended up being like one of the biggest studios in Miami. And it just kind of thrust me into this new um, arena of just music. And so I've worked around with everybody, you know, a lot of the mainstream artists that people know today, like I just started, you know, writing with them, you know, writing with some of their artists and just, you know, I was just around like anything they needed. I was there. Right, and right. that's honestly how I got to really learn the industry. And it was tough because I'm now a Christian and I'm trying to figure out how to maneuver as a now as a Christian in this mainstream industry where I was already coming from that. But now my lifestyle had changed. So I was trying to figure out, OK, how do I maneuver this, still be a Christian, but, you know, still be able to like be on this side of stuff. And, um, you know, God definitely gave me the grace for it. It's definitely not for everybody. <laughs> um, I say I, I say that, you know, a lot of people think they're built for it, but they're not. Um, and so 
it was it was just it was just amazing to see like that God would position me. Like when I look back at it now, right? Um, I'm always blown away at who he surrounded me with and how he positioned me. Not not because I was working with all these celebrities or anything. It was just the fact that I I was able to learn and sit and learn from the best, right? right. Like quietly. So it'd be like, hey, can I sit in your studio session? And they were like, yeah, of course, but you know, just don't make yourself seen. And I'm like, cool. And so I just learned that, you know, I just learned how to be places and not be seen um, in a positive way, right? So I could just be, you know, when you use the term, like, if only I could be a fly on the wall. Right. Like, um, I had that, you know, I had that opportunity to sit in the studio session and watch Missy Elliott work and a few others. And it was just so um, empowering, especially watching Missy, because it was like, she was a woman producer and she was leading. Mm. So that for me was huge. It was like, man, and they're trusting her, you know, with this. And, um, so it was, it was those type of things that really like, um, blew now when I look back, it blows my mind that God would position me to that capacity for me to be able to be a sponge and, and, and learn. I mean, I learned everything from the music industry within, you know, that, that proximity and being able to ask questions from people. Um, and then that's just kind of where my journey just continued. And, you know, like I said, I was a Christian and, you know, um, started doing music again. And then I got with Ray Masol. Um, we had success with Ray Masol and I didn't even know like a Christian hip hop, uh, <laughs> when someone talked to me about Christian hip hop, I was like, what is that? <laughs> <laughs> And they're like, yeah, you guys are on like one of the websites. And I'm like, uh, okay. And I was like, well, send me the website. Um, and so they sent me the website and it was called uh, Holy Culture. Uh-huh. I think that's what it was called, Holy Culture or something. And and the name alone, I was like, what? <laughs> um, and then I remember going on the website and I was, I was like, wow, there's like a whole community of, of artists. Like, this is crazy. Because I never, well, first of all, I didn't know the term. Um, but I never labeled myself Christian hip hop because I didn't know there was a term. Right, um, but right. also, I just looked at it. I just always did music, you know. I just always rapped, and and then just now I'm now now I'm a Christian doing hip hop. And so, um, yeah, when I saw the website, I was just like, oh wow, this is dope! Like, there's a whole community of this. And then I was intrigued, you know. I became intrigued um, by it, and then. Um, one of the first females somebody had put me on to was um, Elsie from Tunnel Rats. Mm-hmm. And um, I was blown away. She was Spanish too. So I was like, yes. <laughs> 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 and I just thought her and Macho were so dope. And then I think one of the first I had now rewind a little bit. I had just gotten saved. And one of the first um, rappers that I met, that they told me was a Christian that I saw performed that blew my face off was propaganda. I tell him every uh, time I see him, mm. I'm like, bro, you're still one of my best, my favorite performers. But, um, I watched him perform and just lyric, I was listening to his lyrical content and it was just so empowering and it was inspiring. And I remember after the show, um, he, his energy on stage was just so, it was just so energetic. Like he was just so dope. And then I remember someone, excuse me, someone tell me, oh, yeah, he's a Christian. I was like, that guy? And I was like, <laughs> wow. Like, and it started, like, changing my perspective of what 
what a Christian doing music could look like. Right. Possibilities um, and I, you know, up. yeah. And it was just different. And, and so, yeah, that's kind of how I got, you know, thrust, thrust into, um, thrust into, I guess what you call, what we call now CHH. Gotcha. So you kind of came I know into it. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's good. It's good. It's good. Um, <laughs> A lot of times it's good to get the story and then get all the different things going on. Uh-huh. So, uh, so from the time, so whenever you saw propaganda, uh, were you still kind of, you know, pursuing artistry? Were you pursuing more of the executive type stuff, administrative type stuff in music? Where, where were you at from a career level at that point? Yeah, no, I was, I was doing music. Like I was, a, I okay. was an artist. Yeah. I was pursuing music. I was on the radio. So like I was, I was well into my, my hip hop career. Yeah. Now, in case anybody don't know who, who was a part of Rayma soul. So Rayma soul was myself, um, Kanata small, which is my husband, um, and Juan love. So there, the, that was the three of us. And then okay. our honorary, of course, fourth member was who you guys know as Gavi. Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and uh-huh. I know I've seen, uh, I've seen, you know, I think was there a uh, I think was there a video where you were interviewing Gavi at one point? There was a video or something that Gavi was in. I can't remember. Anyway, I thought it was oh, you at one point. Probably but... prob- I think we did something when we were at Reach. Something I was like, like yo, let me, let me interview you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was interesting. So um <laughs> so from then, uh you're you're doing artistry. When did I mean and, and you still do some stuff here and there, but you know it, <laughs> We don't see as much musically coming necessarily from you. Uh, where did the path change from being an artist to doing other things behind the scenes? Yeah, well, so with Ray Masol, um, you know, we we started we we started doing music together, um, and the way um, the way our success happened just to me just felt it is it just kind of felt fast. It was like, Whoa, like, I, I think, I don't really know. I was, ex- I was expecting it. Um, because I didn't know you could be successful making Christian music outside of like, you know, the worship singers, the worship writers that we hear. Right. Um, I didn't know that, you know, at the time, I guess I could say like, I don't know if I really considered it a hobby because I always took what I did, my, I always took my craft serious. Like I was professional for many years. I was already doing this prior to being a Christian, but with Raymond soul, like I just didn't know that we were going to be successful. <laughs> if right, that right. sounds, you know what I mean? I knew like when we would be in the studio, I'm like, yo, we are so dope. Like, you know, and it was just tough because we were starting something new that hadn't been present in Christian hip hop yet. And right. so, um, you know, there wasn't any females like outside of Elsie. Um, there wasn't really f- any females in the scene on at the time. And then uh, just our sound was different. Um, so we were just bringing something new to the table. But um, so as we started growing, you know, I just started realizing like, man, there's a lot that goes to this. Like being an artist is like being your own company. Mm, and yeah. so I was like, well, we don't have nobody that's really going to do this for us. <laughs> so I'm going to do it. Right. Like I've just, I kind of have the personality where, um, if something needs to get done and no one's offering to do it, I'm going to do it. And if I don't know it, I'm going to learn it. And then, um, at, 
because I had been in that situation that I was at the studios around all these people, I had, I had been given all this knowledge and resources and now it was time for me to put it to use. So, um, I kind of really became the manager, if you, if you want to call it that, of Rayma Soul, right? Um, my husband used to call me the player coach. And so, <laughs> and I started handling like all the management, the business side of, um, you know, Rayma Soul in our company. Um, so we had Rayma Soul and then we launched Good City Music because I was like, well, I need to launch something where, you know, Rayma Soul can live under. And then, um, then Gavi at the time we called him G Styles. He was producing, and I was like, "All right, well, we got to build something for him." Um, and so I just started realizing, like, I was really good at business. Um, and so it was it was one of those like I'm super creative, um, but I was like, "Man, like I I need things to be done with excellence, right?" So um, that's kind of how I started getting onto the business side of this stuff. I didn't know what I started out as a need would uh-huh. later turn into my now career. Right. Um, and so, you know, from that, I ended up getting, we ended up getting a manager, um, like a official manager later into our career. Uh, his name was Jeff Adams. He was, he was managing group one crew at the time and uh, a few other CCM artists. And so um, I was able to learn a lot of stuff from him and just learn about the Christian industry and how different that was. Um, and then from there, you know, work with Gavi, I work with Chino Light, I work with most of the South Florida artists. Um, and then I help um, build Social Club, who you guys know, Social Club Misfits now. Um, I help, you know, uh, launch Social Club and get them moving. And, and that's how I, that's, you know, um, so then we did the group, I did my solo record. Um, and this, I guess, is cause to answer your question, that, that was like such a huge like pre- prelude. <laughs> oh, um, People love um, a good story. When I did my solo record um, and I started going out on the road, I started to realize I didn't enjoy being out on the road alone. Mm-hmm. I enjoyed the dynamic of my group, right? There's something about having people that are working with you. Me going out alone just felt very alone. And it was, I was alone. I had no one, I had no team, right? I had my producer, Daramola, who was phenomenal. Um, I had some friends who were like, you know, help me here and there. But I didn't have like a legit team. And when I was solo, like female, being a female artist was still rough. Like people were still not, accepting of it i don't care what anybody says i've had some ignorant stuff said to me you know about being a female and so it was just very sexist you know um people's perceptions um and so it was that was a definitely a tough um season but then i started realizing um where's my value at like as a as an artist but not not just an artist but as a business person I just started realizing, like, I can do more for artists, especially female artists behind the scenes, than I can do on a stage. Because on a stage, for me, felt like, okay, I'm giving you a voice, but is that really allowing me to open doors for you? Like, is it really giving me a seat at the table? Right. Uh, and that was kind of where I shifted my, my perspective on, okay, I think it's time for me to kind of take a step back 
and let me go behind the scenes because there's there's a lot of stuff that I know how to do and I know I can do it well. I've been successful at it. And a lot of people at that time didn't even realize I was I was behind a lot of other artists success. And so that's when I, I realized, like, I think it's time for me to kind of step behind the scenes um, and not everyone will do it. You know, like not every artist will, will humble themselves and be like, yeah, I know I'm good, but I think I could be I could serve the community better in this position. Um, I was OK with it. You know, I, I took a step and I love it. You know, I love it. Yeah, I think that's one of the uh, that's kind of one of the biggest things about, you know, w- you know, what we call CHH is, you know, we get music submissions all the time and I'll see people say, you know, I do this, I do this, I do this. I listen to the song. And I'm like, yeah, but you probably shouldn't. Um, and and a lot of people say, you know, I just want to add, you know, value to the community, or I just want to help it grow. And a lot of artists say they want to help it grow. And I'm like, this might not be your calling in helping it grow. And uh, you know, and then on top of that, being a good artist, stepping back behind the curtain, uh, yeah. even takes a lot more because I mean there are there's a lot of people that I think one you know we we've heard of people that were were behind the curtains that came out up front and then situations like yours where you were out front then you step behind and yeah. um and so like in like a Derage Alex Faith you know they were behind that stepped up front yeah and, and yours is reverse and so what um so what are you doing like what's kind of your your role now that you do or roles, I should say. Yeah. So right now, um, I do a lot, <laughs> but, uh, I'm, ma- I'm right now I'm handling management. Uh, I do, I do artists and brand management. So what that means is I, I handle, um, I manage artists. So I have a few artists that are on my roster. Um, and then I also handle, uh, brands, meaning, um, companies who are wanting to build out their brand i handle their like i'll help launch their brand and then i'll manage it for them with my team um so brand management is always tied into artist management as well so um i kind of get to do the best of both both worlds but it honestly started um three years ago we were at marty's wedding from social club (laughs) and uh gavi up to me is like yo we need to talk and I'm like what's up and he's like I need a manager and I was like oh okay well why don't we sit down next week and let's just start getting some stuff together about what you need and let's see who we can find for you and he starts laughing he's like nah I need a <laughs> and I'm like I know like let's you know there's a few people like maybe we can talk to Lecrae like you know and I wasn't getting what he was saying and the funny thing was I had already been managing him like not you know, like not officially, like I've known Gary since he was like 15. So, um, you know, I was my brother. And so, um, <laughs> he was like, no, like I, I legit, like, I, I want you to manage me. And I was like, what? I don't know anything about that. And he was like, what are you talking about? Like you built all of our careers. And like, <laughs> and I think it's funny. Um, sometimes you do things and you don't even realize what you've done. Right. right. Until other right. people come, comes to speak to you and say, Hey, this is what you've done. Right. I don't know if you've ever had someone read you your resume. Like it's crazy. Cause yeah. I, I don't sit and keep track of like stuff I've done because honestly, like I just love what I do. I love to serve people. And I love when I can, when I can catch your vision of what you're doing 
And if something inside of me leaps with you, I'm in. Like, I don't know what the financial part of it looks like, but let, like, let's do it. I love investing in people. And so with Gavi, it was just like, um, he was he's like, yo, I think you could do this. And I'm like, yo, I don't have the contacts. I don't have the network. Like, when you're a manager, like, you need all that stuff, right? And he's like, no, let's just do it. Like, you can do it. And so I was like, bro, all right. Like, if you really think so. So I was like, well, I'll just do it temporary, and then we'll find you, like, a real manager. <laughs> <laughs> and that was, like, my my segue into it. And then, you know, I came to the table, and, you know, um, we started, you know, working on his album with Reach. He had just signed with Reach, and Reach showed me so much love. It was hilarious when I walked into the meeting because they were getting emails from me as Amanda not realizing I'm but a P. Oh, so, yeah. when I, so when I show up to the office – as his manager looked crazy, like, yeah. <laughs> it was He's funny because like, that makes sense. <laughs> Trackstars had the same thing because I think you were emailing them about it. Yeah. I think it was about the Gavi <laughs> interview. And I remember on the staff call, they had said, um, they were like, yeah, I don't know who his manager is. This uh, Amanda, somebody. And I think it was Sean, maybe, who was like, yo, isn't that, ain't that but a P? And everybody was like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. And so it was like everybody was trying to figure out, like, the whole conversation became, hold on, wait. <laughs> it's just, yeah. That's funny. It is funny. Yeah. So continue. Because <laughs> when I walked into track stars, y'all did the same thing. It's like, yo, I knew it. But honestly, yeah. I think the reason why I did that off the, uh, uh, when I, I did that at the beginning because um, I was still, you know, I'm still but a P, but. At that time, like I'm still in the industry doing music. And so I didn't want to take any attention away from what he was doing. I didn't want to become a distraction. Um, I had, you know, I started, I would travel with him and, you know, right away people would recognize me and want to take pictures. And it's like, it would make it very awkward. So I'm like, ah, I'm not here with that position. Like I'm here, I'm here to serve him. And so it was just kind of like, uh, let me just kind of, that's where the whole pulling back thing, um, you know, but when I walked in the reach and, and Lecrae saw me, he's like, that makes sense. Like, and so, yeah, so I started building it with Gavi and then, um, he just, you know, he just believed in me. He saw, he saw something in me that I, I probably just wasn't completely sure of. Um, and then another person that I can honestly say probably spoke a lot of life into it was Doc Watson. Right, yeah. um, him and I sat down one day and he was talking to me about, you know, helping out with RMG. Cause I just, I told him, I was like, I just love what his, um, the potential of his label, like the potential of what they could do. Um, and so I, I had hit him up and I was like, yo, can we do a mentor session? And he was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, can we do like a mentor session? And he was like, what are you talking about? Like, He's like, you're my peer. And I was like, and I didn't see myself as that. Right? right. And so anyway, we went out um, and we were just talking and this man sat and just read me my resume. And I was just like, bro. And he knew about stuff that a lot of people don't know about. And he was just laughing. He was like, yo, I did my research. I was like, yo, you know, you mentioned stuff <laughs> that like maybe three people know about. So I thought that was dope that he did the due diligence to really know who I was and to really right. know my uh, resume. And so that was for me was like how I was able to get into it. And so now since then, I've been not able to sign other artists. I, um, I work with Derage. Uh, I just recently signed Wande. Um, I have another new artist that we just signed. Um, 
my husband, I, I manage him. He does a lot of sync placements. And so we've been very successful in that avenue. And so, um, yeah, that's that's where I'm at right now is management and um, artist development and just all these other avenues that that you can take it. So just real quick, what is sync placement? I don't know if everybody. Sync placements? Yeah. yeah. So um, we we started doing sync placements about seven years ago. And so what it is is when um, you get your movie, your music placed in like TV shows or in movies or movie trailers or commercial rules or th- those type of things. And so when we were doing Raymond Soul stuff, um, we had some success with um, our music getting placed um, and a few of the music supervisors out in California just like fell in love with us because our music was just perfect for what they were looking for. And then we just started building relationships with that. And then um, through the years, it was just like, wow, how do we really like when when uh, my husband and I were con- when we were getting to the season that we were not wanting to tour anymore? Um, I was like, man, I still want to do music. I just don't want to travel with it anymore. Um, so we were just trying to figure out how how was that possible? And so we took some meetings out in L.A. and um, just realized, like, the sync world is a whole nother world. And so we've been killing it quietly <laughs> right, right. Um, for, for quite a few years. And so um, my husband is constantly getting we get placed quite often. And so now, like, we do, we get a lot of movies, a lot of movie trailers, um, the music. So now what we do is make custom music for a lot of the movies you guys watch. Right, right. Now, is there any, uh, you know, I I don't know how uh, the the relationship necessarily, but wasn't wasn't Kanata Smalls signed with Amplify? Yeah, so when Doc, yep, yep. So when Doc has spoken to me about wanting me to help and work with RMG, um, at the time, we were just trying to figure out what to do with Kanata's solo record. So it was kind of like a deal that I did with, with Doc. And I was like, bro, if, if if I come on board to work with you with RMG, like, um, let's figure something out for Kanata's project. And then him and I were just brainstorming. And I, I started talking to him about, like, label services and helping other artists. We, him and I just started dreaming. Right. And that's kind of where Amplify came from. <laughs> gotcha. Because um, so, I noticed... RMG is 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 definitely doing well with the uh, the sports placements, and so I didn't yeah, know if so, that was. Yeah, so I helped them get into that. Um, gotcha. I just I was in love with like Derek's catalog, and so um, a lot of the stuff Derek had, I was like, man, I can get this place for you, and so I was able to get um, Derek. So I started pitching um, um, RM, Well, not RMG. Sorry, I didn't pitch RMG's catalog. Um, I was pitching Derek's catalog and I pitched uh Daraj's catalog um and so I, I have been able to get them a few placements and now they've been able to build their own relationships and they're killing it I'm so proud of them I'm glad Doc took it and ran with it yeah well, Doc yeah. yeah yeah that's one of the <laughs> things that um you know I I think a lot of artists uh I think some are starting to realize how important it is uh, I've had several interviews and conversations even back I talked with Tragic Hero and he said the only way he would do music full time of this he was just doing it for placement. Um mm-hmm. MC Nice on the last episode I did, he was talking about, you know, publishing things like that. Uh you know, several people even uh Stanley Strouder with uh, Nasdaq publishing. And so like a lot of the things that I think artists are, you know, needing to learn is, you know, placement. 
And so from your perspective as a manager and having been an artist, uh, with, you know, one, how hard would you say it is for an artist to get themselves placed somewhere? And what would be your recommendations of trying to do it yourself, maybe trying to find, is there a certain groups of people, including maybe yourself and your services or anything like that, they can go to to get help with that? Yep. Um, so it's very hard. <laughs> uh, it's very hard. A lot of artists think that it's just like, um, I have a dope song. This would sound great in a movie. And it's not that at all. Like um, sync, sync, the sync world is very, it's, it's actually just a different type of mindset. Um, I tell artists that when you're doing music for placements, you can't approach it like you're making music for an album. Right. Um, so some of the stuff that you make, you're not going to be um, super excited about because some of it might not <laughs> even sound like your brand. Right. And so as an artist, you got to make the choice of am I willing to go off my brand to make music? Right. A lot of artists say they will. But when they get into the room to work on it, they hate it. Right. Um, I've, I've experienced it myself. Even the first time I was. When I the first time I did something um, custom, I was I wasn't feeling the process. I just felt like forced. And but um, when you're doing syncs, that's it's just a different it's just a different process, right? Um, so that's that's the first thing. Um, not every, the second thing is not everyone's work ethic is built for it, and that's just me being honest. Um, I haven't seen too many artists, especially in our sphere of influence, that has the work ethic that's built to do this. The only other person right now that I could probably say um, I've seen have the work ethic is probably Derek because he's, he's self-reliant. So he's the producer and he's the artist, right? So he can right. sit and he's got a studio at his crib. So like that man can sit all day long and just work on music for, you know what I mean? Um, because the sync world um, it's so different. Like when you get a request, you're getting it like on Monday, right? And you need it. You need to submit it by Wednesday. Like mm. that's not time to sit and like, oh, let me see what I'm feeling. No, like you got to go in the studio, write the record, produce the song, uh, write it, and then submit it for changes. So that way you have it in time to submit it to the, the music supervisor. Um, so not everyone has a work ethic for it. Um but it's not that it can't be done. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta, you know, I think some of it needs to be taught, you know, the process. Um, yeah. But, and then three, you know, um, the reason why I say it's tough is because it's really um, networking. It's knowing people. It's not just submitting your record. Cause you gotta think like you're submitting a song. It's like, it's like pitching to a playlist, right? You're right. submitting your song along with like 20,000 other songs. Yeah. For placements, it's the same thing. Like you're, so if you can build relationships, um, and that's why we've been able to be successful. Like we have been able to build relationships where now, like I just get emails, Hey Amanda, do you have, and I'm like, yeah, let me, you know, and one of my things with, um, doing the sync stuff a couple years ago, I started realizing like, man, like if we've been able to be successful in this, I can actually open up the door for other, or I have a whole genre of music that can do well in this. Right. Um, and so that was really like, I just wanted to open up the door and allow other opportunities. So I don't have to be the only one eating off of this. 
Um, so that's really, you know, that was really my heart behind helping RMG kind of get them rolling. And now they've, they've, they've got some really dope situations going on. I'm so proud of them. Um, and that's really the point, right? Like is to kind of just, Hey, let me, let me kind of give you some pointers and let me walk you through it. And then, like I said, um, I've just been able to help other artists. I've signed a few artists that for me to do pitching for them, um, because there's just other like admin stuff in the background that you know artists aren't really they just want to make music and that's fine um so with the sync stuff you just got to make sure your paperwork is right because if not you can get you know you can get yourself into some trouble financially (laughs) people coming after you (laughs) yeah all that stuff and and i think that's one of the things um you know people hate doing you know i mean this is this is way um way out of uh, in a completely different market but even like police officers like they might love their job, but they hate sitting down doing four or five, six hours of you know, paperwork, paperwork. Yeah. doctors, you know, doctors' offices. You know, they they hate all of that administrative stuff. You know, even though they might enjoy their actual job, job. And you know, in artists, I think sometimes it's the same thing. And I think it's very important for artists to understand the value of a good manager. Absolutely, and, um, absolutely. I think, um, you know, if if I was to give like a like advice to to people who are in this arena um i would probably say you don't always have to be the artist right um you can probably have a season of being an artist but there's got to be other skills that you got that you can be able to help because if everyone is the artist you've got one manager i mean i don't mind i'll sign everybody (laughs) right (laughs) like i don't mind uh i'll sign i'll sign everybody but imagine if you know you've got more managers that we can now, Hey, like you're now bringing value to the table. Like now you're saying, Hey, let me bring my resources over now. And now you've got two managers sitting at this table. And then you've got another one that says, Hey, I know how to do this. And I got this value. Okay. Now we got three men. And before you know it, you got a conglomerate of managers that's now building the business structure of CHH. My issue with CHH has always been that we have not built a proper business foundation. Mm, so yeah. with my artists, um, I teach them the foundation. I help them build the foundation because at the end of the day, I want them to have their business right. I want there to be a structure. Um, it drives me crazy when people don't have their paperwork right. Like you just got to have all that stuff. Like there's artists right now that probably have three, four albums out and aren't even registered with ASCAP. You got artists right now who, you know, they don't have sound exchange set up. They don't even have bank accounts set up. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's mind-boggling. And that's honestly because I think CHH started out, like, as a hobby type of thing, right? Like, people working full-time jobs, and if I have time, I'll make music. But if we're really going to grow this, you gotta you got to grow in your knowledge of what business looks like. And some of, some of y'all just need to step back and be like, yo, like, I can... I can be a manager or I can be a booking agent or I can be an admin. Um, like my girl, Erin right now out in Atlanta, she's killing it. Like she's promoting concerts and like, I I'm love what Knight. she's doing. Erin Knight. Yeah. yeah and so yeah. like, she's, you know, she's killing it. And so I'm always encouraging her like, yo, keep going. Even though it feel like, um, you don't see stuff happening. Like people are watching like, and that's what we got to do is we got to build it. And you got to encourage each other. Like, you can't have this um, this attitude like, oh, I got to be the one to do it or I, I got to be the only one to do it. It's never going to succeed that way. Like if 
if we can have multiple people building these things out, people get together and say, yo, let's partner on this. Um, and not just partner, but like, let's put some money into it. Right. I think that's one of the things with CHH. I love CHH. I do. I have a heart for it. But like, y'all need to stop being so cheap. <laughs> like, that's just real talk. Real talk. I'm going like, to let you speak on that because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> I don't care. I'm at a place nah, in my life where I send people. <laughs> um, so but it's talk about what you mean. What, what do you mean so, invest in it? Yeah, like invest in it, right? So like if if you're willing to invest in your brand, right? Um, producers deal with this all the time, right? Like you're making music and then your friend's like, yo, let me get a free beat. Right. Like, no, like invest invest in the culture right now on the other end i tell producers don't overshoot your shot either like you can't come out the gate and be like yo my tracks is five six hundred dollars like what have you produced like any like any job right like have a resume so you can't come out the gate and you sitting in your room and be like yo i'm charging 500 like there's got to be a value to it right um now, I tell producers, don't ever give it out for free because I think that just devalues you. Same thing with graphic designers. Um, you know, we got to invest in each other. So, like, <clears throat> if there's a graphic designer that does dope work, then be willing to pay their rate. Right. Like, what, what, what boggles my mind is when, and the reason why I'm saying this is because I work with other creatives behind the scene that I, I work with their stuff and handle their business and stuff. But when a designer will will pitch a, a fee for their design, whatever, if it's three, four, five hundred dollars, right? Um, and a label will come back and be like, oh, we only got $150 for that. Like, that's not cool, bro. This is him. You're talking about this person is building the whole image of your whole album release, and you trying to drop a buck fifty? No. <laughs> That's unfair. because you wouldn't like for me to go and say, yo, let me get your album. Like, just give it to me. Like, that's not cool. The same way you want me to invest in you. Like, you got to invest in me. Now, same thing I tell designers, don't overshoot. Like, don't go saying, yo, I'm going to charge you $1,000 for this cover art. No, that's not going to work. But there's got to be a balance there, I believe. And so I think in order for this thing to continue growing, we have and my other thing is we actually have the resources now. Like there's a lot more of us that have the finances to invest in stuff. So, you know, we got to stop being so cheap, especially, bro, listen, hold up. If you work in a full-time job and your hip hop thing is a hobby, then you yeah. should be able to, cause you got, you got a job, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, you know, don't go buy those Yeezys. All of y'all flexing. I buy my Yeezys cause I can afford it. Cause I'm investing in other people, but don't go buy no Yeezys or Jordan. You know what I'm saying? Like, let's invest in each other. I'm right, probably right. on my soapbox now, but I just uh, really you believe good, in it. You good. I just believe in it. Like, you know, I just, um, one of the, um, we did, we did um, a project with Catalina last year for Panorama. Uh-huh. You know who Catalina is? Word, uh, I think word, I've heard the name. Right? Yeah, Cat. Um, word, words plays wife. So she's a phenomenal artist and I just, I just love her work and I just believe in her. And so when we were working on Gabby's record, I hit her up and I was like, yo, have you ever art directed a project? She's like, no. I said, I'm going to give you your first project. Like, mm. give me a rate. Right. And she gave me a rate. 
I didn't negotiate with her. I didn't, I didn't haggle her. I just said, is that your rate? She's like, yeah. And so we have a budget, right? So I'm not going to lowball her if I know we already have a budget. And actually, I think she came in a little under the design budget. Um, so we ended up giving her, her, her rate, asking rate, like that's just being fair. Right. Cause I believe in her art. Um, one, I want to help her. Like I want to give her something that she can bring a value to herself and, you know, I value her art. Right. So those type of things I think is, is important and necessary to help build this, continue building this thing up. Yeah. I think one of the issues and, uh, and you know, I love, you know, I love some of the stuff he has to say, but a lot of people listen to Gary V and then they come into CH and be like, yo, y'all supposed to do all this stuff for free, right? Yeah. Like he says to do all this stuff for free. And then a lot of people think that they have to do all this stuff for free. And, um, and you know, I think the man, you know, he, he has some areas where he's got some, some good thoughts and good opinions, stuff like that. But, you know, I think people or uh, I value people's time. Yes. And, uh, and let, so let me let me let me address that, because I, I agree with what Gary V saying to a point. There is if you're just starting, then, yes, I believe that, like, you you got to hustle like you got to you got to grow your stuff. Right. If you're a producer, you should be willing. That's how Gavi started. Gavi was like, yo, let me produce for y'all. And I was like, all right. And he I mean, he was just making beat after beat. And most of them was trash at the beginning. Right. Um, and then he just kept growing, right? And then yeah. as as he started growing, because and this is gonna sound weird, like he's giving us free music, but I'm adding value to him because now he's learning, right? Right, right. And at the as I'm adding value to him, he's now adding value to us. And that's how we were able to grow together. And now we're both just valuable, right? So I think when you're at the beginning of stages, I think, yeah, you should. That's when you find your homeboy that raps like, yo, let me hook you up. I tell artists this all the time, like not always do you have to pay money, but you got to be wise with the, the resources that you have around you. Right. 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 But if I'm an artist and I'm making money. And I have a friend who designs or whatever, like, let me throw you something like, let me give you a couple bucks. You know what I mean? I shouldn't be making money and not not hooking you up. And that's, you know, that's kind of what I'm saying. But I think at the beginning stages, yeah, you should. I think you got to be hungry for it. Like, show me that you're worth. Like, let me see what you're good at. Let me see what your value is. And then you start building it up. You know how many free verses I did at the beginning? (laughs) (laughs) I did a lot of free verses. Because you do it out of the passion, right? Like, you do it out of the love of it. And, um... So I'm not like this. I'm probably sounding contradicting, but I'm I'm hoping I'm not like the reason why I say like we got to stop being so cheap is like when you are dealing with someone who this is their profession. Right. You know that this is this is how they're living. This is what they're living off of is to pay them their their rate. And this is what they've been doing. Then, yeah, let's pay them. Now, for somebody that's just starting off and you're looking to get in the door, then, yeah, that's, you know, with my company. But don't take advantage of the free. And I think, I, I think that's more what Gary V is talking about. Like if you're coming to work for my company and you're interning, i you better believe when you're done working with me, I've given you way more value than what you've given me in design. Right. right, right. Like I want you to walk away feeling like I know how to price my work. I know how to be a leader. 
I know how to streamline my processes, like all those things. I want people to walk away feeling like they've been taught more than just design. Yeah. And I think another thing too is, uh, and you know, I've discussed this many times on the show, so we ain't got to dive in deep to it unless you want to, uh, is, you know, this is ministry. We shouldn't be charging for ministry. And, uh, and so that's one of the biggest, one of the biggest things when it comes to like, you know, especially, you know, I had the music submissions for track stars and, you know, we, we have promotional packages, stuff like that. And people will tell me, they'll say, you know, Hey, I, I don't, I don't pay for promo. This is ministry. I should be able to get my music played or placed in no matter, no matter what, you know, nobody should have to pay for, for promotion. And, um, and I think, you know, it's just people assume because they are talking about the gospel or Jesus that they should never have to pay anything at all out of pocket. And I think that's kind of a, can be a weak point. Um, <laughs> especially if you're trying to build, you know, build a career and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, you know, John Gibbs had a really good line. You know, he said, you know, making me a slavery, um, uh, make it, I can't remember his line, but essentially he was saying you're making me a slavery for Jesus. A slavery yeah. to you for 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 Jesus. Yeah, I I don't um <laughs> so for me, like the whole like ministry business thing, those things are two separate things for me, per se, right? Um because I think you have to be very careful with it. Um, I mean, scripture says that you should be prayed for your, for your work. Right. right. But I think um, there, I think there needs to be a balance. I think when you are on the music side of it, um, I think there needs definitely needs to be a balance. Um, for me personally, I've always approached what I do as a business, Right. Um, my music, um, if you're paying me to go on the road, if you're paying me to make an appearance, those are all financial pieces that's helping me support my family, right? What I do off stage is my ministry, how I serve people, uh, behind closed doors. That's, that's for me is ministry. Now I will say this, um, if I'm at a venue and I'm performing, right. And the show's not going well where the sound just sound crazy. I don't allow my pride as an artist to be like, man, this sound sucks. And I'm walking off stage. That's when the ministry piece for me has to kick in and say, you know what? At the end of the day, let me not take advantage of this platform and think that I'm bigger than that. Right. Mm. So even though the sound right now is not working, that's where, for me personally, I'm not going to say other people, but for me personally, that's when ministry kicks in. Okay, now it's my time to serve people that even the sound sucks, I'm just going to push through it because there's still a word that needs to go forth. Right. Now, when I get off stage, I'm going to go back in business mode because now i got to have a chit chat <laughs> with, hey, why did the sound, right? Because right, at the right. end of the day, it's not about you being prideful or arrogant, but you paid me for a service and if you're not providing adequate sound and light or you know the sound at least the sound i can't properly communicate what it is that i need to communicate like it's just not making the event go well right 
So that's what that's why I say like the balance. I think everyone is different. Like I've, I don't think I've ever been one to say, no, you're wrong. Like I think everyone's different. You know, I think there's some people that they don't look at what they do as ministry at all. Like for them, it's I do music. I'm a recording artist. And this is this is my business. And ministry for them looks completely different. I think that's OK. You know what I don't like is when the church culture takes advantage of ministry. Um, and I think that's where we have had issues is that you think because I rap, like you're not supposed to pay me now. Like if you're a pastor, you getting paid. Why am I not getting paid? Like it's the same. We're both doing stuff. We're, we're both working. So I think we just have to be very careful with that. Um, and I think it's an individual piece. I think, I think ministry looks different for everyone. You know, right. I can't go to Lecrae and be like, bro, you, everything you do should be free. Cause he's going to be like, no, I have a family to raise. I have a, a company to run. Like if I do everything free, reach records goes out of business. And now you just put 20 people out of a job. Like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I think we just need to be, I think we need to be mindful of those type of things and just create a balance with it. Yeah, and I think one of the uh, something I heard Jason said in an interview a long time ago is he was talking about he said as a like a, a a Christian rapper he said you're paying me to entertain not to preach the gospel. He said anybody can go up there and read scripture, preach the gospel, but you're specifically paying me this because I'm doing it in a rap form. I'm doing it in a certain style. And, uh, and I think, you know, I think that's one thing I would, you know, like if I could sit down to every pastor, youth pastor, whoever is, is ingrained into them, look, you're not just really paying these people to come out and share the gospel with your kids or with your church. You're, you're paying them to rap and to keep the kids engaged and want to come back because they're enjoying this experience. And, And I think that's one thing that, you know, the church as a whole has got to remember is in this case, it's like you wouldn't go to. Uh, Ram Renal and tell them you want to get a free bounty house because <laughs> you're sharing the gospel. You're going to rent it. You're yeah. going to pay the price to rent it. You know, yeah. why do you not want to pay your musical artist to come out and, you know, I mean, and, and that's the thing yep. I have, you know, and I think that's what you're talking about is when the church is kind of has the wrong mindset. And, yeah. Um, and I think I, I, well, I tell my artists too, um, and social club can vouch for this because early in their career, I, I, I gave them a little tip and I think to this day they do it. But I always tell my um, artists, listen, at the end of the day, especially if you're going to a church, but anywhere you go, like you should always go with the servant's heart. Right. Because at the end of the day, we're Christians. If you strip everything else away, if you're no longer rapping tomorrow, like you should still be a Christian. Right. 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 So um, when you go out to these venues, Yes, these these organizations are paying you to come in and perform, right? They're paying for a service. And you're going to go and you're going to perform that service. But at the heart of it all, remember that you are still there to serve that organization, right? So we never know what we're walking into, right? You try your best to research the organization and stuff. But when you go, you just don't know. So, like, for me, I think I never want my artists to think, they're too big to move chairs. Mm. And I tell my artists that all the time. If you don't have a heart for God, one, and if you don't have a heart to serve people, then your who your walk doesn't align with my walk. 
like what right. the way I move, right? Doesn't mean that you're wrong. We just don't align. So um, I'm very, for me, and my, my, my guys will tell you, and young lady will tell you, like, I, I'm very vocal with that stuff. Because at the end of the day, I, I think there's a humility piece. I want them to understand that God is entrusting you with something, right? He's entrusting you with this platform. And it has nothing to do with you. So even if you're getting paid for it, remember that when you step foot on that stage, every piece of glory is because that should be going to the Lord, right? God right. is just entrusting you with this moment. God is entrusting you with that platform that you're going to use it for his glory. So don't ever think that you're too big to move chairs around. Don't ever think that because the sound went out, you have the, the right to just disrespect the organization. Like that, cause that's not who you, that shouldn't be who you are as a believer. And if that's how you're acting, then we got to deal with the character and your heart issues. Right. And so I think that's where for me, that's where the ministry and the business piece is like, I tell my artists like, yeah, this is business. Like I, and I'm teaching you how to do it, but at the heart of it all, like it still should be where that's what sets us apart from mainstream. Right. Right. Like ain't no manager telling their, their, their mainstream artists. Hey guys, like, don't forget future. You're there to serve. No, I'm here to get my bag. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Like, and that, that's what should set us apart as Christians is that, yeah, I'm here to, I'm getting paid for this, but at the same time, like I'm here to serve. Like I, I shouldn't be inconvenienced because a young 15 year old want to share his story with me about how my song changed his life. Mm. You know what I mean? So yeah, yeah. that's my little two, two, six and eight cents on it. <laughs> so one more question before we end this thing. Guys, yeah. Like I said, I want to be respectful every time. Um, and, and, and this is kind of throwing this out there. You know, there, there's been talks on it on Twitter and stuff. And especially after the whole CHH sexism thing, do you mm -hmm. think it's do you think it's it's needed? Um, I'm not gonna say possible because anything's possible to have like an all like an all women CHH label because there have been people talking about it and some of it seemed like it was kind of in a jokative way, but some people said it may need to happen. Wh what are your thoughts on it ha having come from different aspects of mm -hmm. this music business? That's funny. I I think a lot of people thought I was going to do that. A lot of people <laughs> thought I was going to build this all-female label. Um, do you think it would be helpful as well? Is another question. I don't think it would be helpful, and I don't think it's needed. Because I think we need, I think we need each other. Like I think we need the male and the female dynamic. Um, I just think that there there just needs to be i mean i can't even say there needs to because there is like the it sh it has shifted a little bit right like wande just got signed to reach records um and now you're starting to see um other labels follow suit but i will say this and i'm going to give catalina her credit and i don't care who cuz i i caught the disrespect online i'm not going to say no names but i caught it but i'm going to give her her credit she she um, put it out there talking about CHH sexism. The conversation has been had quietly, small whispers behind the scenes. But when she put it out there, it finally brought the conversation to the front. Right. Right. Um, I think it challenged some of the higher ups and where we at in our culture. And I don't think that's wrong. I think that's a good thing. Like, I think we should be able to challenge each other and say, hey, don't you think that it's time for females to be on these labels? 
So I don't think she was the reason that these labels followed suit, but I think she, she sparked, she definitely sparked it. Um, and I, I love it. You know, I think it's a conversation that we need to have. I think we need to continue having it. Do I feel like we should have an all female label? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't, I don't think that would be something I would be interested in. Um, do I think, we should and we will have an all-female tour. Yes. <laughs> I like that. I know you can't you can't see it on the podcast, but she's got a really big <laughs> smile on her face right now, like like she knows something's up. But we won't dive into that because uh, you seem like you were kind of hesitant to say it. Listen, I, I love these ladies. <laughs> I you know I do. I love these ladies. I'm proud of them. Um, it was funny when, when I, when I decided to kind of step behind the scenes, um, a lot of people were thrown off because of where I was at in my career. And I was really the only female that was out at the time. And then Jackie was starting to come out. So the timing of it was like, well, why would you step away now? There's nobody to fill that void. But I knew that, um, behind the scenes I was able to serve. And, you know, so I started mentoring a lot of these girls, which would that include Wande. And so I'm proud. I think um, AI is another one, right? Like a lot of these girls, um, they have a voice, man. They have a voice, and I think they have something powerful to to say. And they have um, different lanes that they can run in, and they're just all female. So I just think it's something um, to be said about it. I think it's something that we should celebrate as a culture. Um, but I mean, we we haven't even scratched the surface, like. Um, I, I can't wait to see in the, in the next few years, like what other females come up. Um, my challenge to females has always been, um, stop waiting on other people to do stuff for you. You got to learn how to do it for yourself. Um, and you got to stay consistent with your craft. We don't have the luxury of slacking off like men do. A guy can take a year off and come back and still be hot. We don't have that luxury as females, so I challenge my I challenge my ladies like stay consistent with your craft, um, and you know what I mean. And so I'm excited to see what females starts to come up. I, I'm always keeping an eye out. There's about four I'm looking at right now that are coming that people don't even talk about, and I just love it. I just I just love where they're at. I love this new generation of artists, the young ones. Um, they support each other. They're like a breath of fresh air. Like there's no ego with them. There's no, they're all like, they're cool with each other. They make friends. They're like, Hey, let's go do this. Like, I love that about them. I think that's what's going to shift the culture um, is the way that they treat each other. Can you tell us anybody you're keeping an eye on right now? Just ah. kind of personally, just personally. No, <laughs> no. Okay. Okay. I'll go see. If, I was going to try to squeeze it out of you. Only reason why, only reason why, yo, is people, listen, they, they pay attention to me. Then they want to snatch people up and I'm like, oh, I gave up the goods. You got to be gotcha. careful with okay. stuff. Okay. No, there's, there's some dope ones though. There's definitely some dope ones. Um, like I'll tell you right now, um, AI was on my radar for a long time. One day was on my radar since she was 19. So like, you know, I just keep my eye on them and, you know, little by little, I kind of just move in and just start talking to them. Not even about me signing them, but it's just about, let me, let me help. What do you need help with? You know, how can I help you? Um, and so it's been dope. It's been dope to see them. They're, they're coming and, um, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to see like who else pops up. 
it's going to be dope. So everybody mm-hmm. needs to follow Butter P on Twitter and see who she's retweeting and, you know, check her like, stuff like that. Especially if you're a label owner. I don't know if, you know, I doubt Lecrae Bizzle or Derek listens to this but uh, or Doc. But uh, but if y'all do, make sure y'all follow on Butter P. You'd be surprised. It seems like You'd be surprised. They listen got, to stuff. Now, I mean, that, that was one person that reached out to me, and uh, and I don't want to necessarily say who it was because I was able to plug a couple of features from him to a couple of artists I know. And uh, but he told me he said like, he reached out to me on Instagram and was like, "Hey man, you know I see what you're doing with these artists. You know I'm I'm doing X Y Z for very limited time, yada yada yada." And uh, and I was like, "How do you know who I am?" And he was like, "You have no idea who knows what you're doing." Yeah, he said, absolutely. "Just know." He said, there's people watching, there's just people that can, and this is to anybody, there's people who might be watching what you're doing. You have no idea they've ever seen or heard anything you've said or done. And, um, and, and I even put out a tweet a little while ago. It was like, make sure that everything you put out is as great quality as you want it to be. And, and I've shared the story before, but the very first episode of the other podcast that I do, Solomon Sports Podcast, we talked about any Minio's Hear My Heart. And mm. it showed it showed that his SoundCloud channel listened to the episode. That was the very first episode we ever did. Sounded like complete trash and garbage. And I was like, <laughs> man, I wish I could take that back. I was like, even though he, you know, he probably wouldn't reach out or anything, but just to know that, you know, he probably at least heard some of it, and it was just so poor quality. I was like, ah. Wish I could get that no, back. Listen, I, I love it. I I love um I love where CHH is right now. Like I I love that we're growing. Um I love that I'm be I'm I'm able to be a part of the growth. Um I love seeing that there's multiple media outlets right now. Like for so long it was just like one or two. Um and now that there's there now you're growing these media outlets, right? Now we're growing podcasts and there's so many other, there's so much potential for us to do. And I love people taking the chance and doing it. Like I, I that's how we grow. Right. And I, like, we got to support each other. Like I was telling my team the other day, um, we're, we're trying to go up to the kingdom choice awards up in New York. Um, it's nine years that they've been doing this. Like, let's go celebrate with them. You know, right, we haven't right. connected with them. Like they're up North, like but how dope would that be for a crew from South Florida to pop up in New York City to be like, yo, we're just here to support, right? I just think we need to do more of that. Like, let's just go support because it is, it's growing. Um, like, track stars, oh my God. I love those guys. Like, I want to, I need to be a part of track stars somehow. <laughs> I need to talk to them. <laughs> you can ask my team. I talk about track stars all the time. I'm like, I need to be a part of what they're doing somehow. And I need to set up a meeting with them. <laughs> Hey, do it. Reach out to but Sean. I'm, I'm no, I know you'd love, love to have the, you on board. I love Sean. I love Sean. I love the whole team. I love what, what y'all do out there. I just think like the voice that you guys are given is different than the other voices. And like we need all that, right? Like I one of the things I love that they do, y'all they do a um I think it's like a question of the day or whatever, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it's always like a and I love it, right? Because I think it generates conversation. And for me personally, I get to see where, what's the pulse of CHH fans? Like, where yeah. are we at as a culture? Um, so some of the responses I hear now, like, are so different from, like, a year or so ago. And so I just love um, the growth in our community. 
And I just think that there's so much potential. I think we have the ability to like really grow this thing out if we keep helping each other and really like partnering with each other. Like, hey, how can I help you? How can I add value to what you're doing? Because what you do on this part of it can add value to what I have. You know what I mean? Right. And if right. we can start thinking like that, girl, it, I think it'll be crazy. Yeah, I agree. Well, but, but what I do I get- know? <laughs> you know enough to I, think, I know my team's always like all right amanda but they get it you know what i'm saying right, like right. a, a Cleso said to me the other day he said um he said you know i i hear you talking i'm always inspired he's like but sometimes it's like it's hard to see it because it hasn't been done yet right and that is tough like for me to have this idea because we haven't seen it yet so i'm telling him like Sometimes you got to see it for yourself. You got to believe in it for yourself. And then you got to allow other people to come alongside you and build it with you. And then when you see it, other people start to see it and then they want to be a part. Like, I just feel like that's what what we have here in this community and we're able to build it. Yeah, that's why visionaries are so important. Yeah, so important. And uh, well, I, I appreciate your time, Butter P. Thank you so much for doing this this podcast. Where can everybody find you, follow you if they want to contact you, inquire about services or whatever? Uh, yeah. What's the best way? Hit me up. Um, just follow me. I'm on social media at Butter P. B U T T A P. Um, those are all my social media accounts. If you want me to, yep, just hit me up. You can DM me. Um, if you want consulting, just to say what's up. Um, just to ask some questions about anything I've talked about. Um, yeah, just hit me up. I'm always open to talk. I love talking to, to, um, new artists and, you know, um, don't think I sound mad on this podcast. I'm just Puerto Rican. <laughs> so I, I'm aggressive when I speak, especially when I'm passionate, so it kind of sounds like I'm cussing somebody out, but I'm just telling you, I love God. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Well, thank you so much again. Y'all make, make sure you reach out to her. And uh, and I hope you have a, a phenomenal day. Looking forward to seeing what yeah. comes out the the all women tour that uh, that, that that unofficially sounds like it might happen one day. <laughs> yes, Jason, thank you so much for having me, and I, I appreciate what you're doing for the culture. I love it, um, and it's just a pleasure. It's definitely a pleasure. Thank you, thank you so much, and uh, we'll see you next time. All right, we'll talk soon. All righty, that was the interview with Butta P. I hope you were able to get some really good information out of that. But most of all, just really be inspired. Um, you know, I think a lot of times there's people behind the scenes working that we don't realize are there, and we really don't know who to to kind of keep an eye out for and and connect with. And not saying you should just try to connect with people behind the scenes for your own interest, but to really learn and grow and to learn how you can be of use to other great artists and great business owners and leaders and really serve. And that's kind of been my thing here lately. Um, this, this past month is, is really having the serving mentality. And so, Butter P, if you're listening, thank you so much again for doing this interview, and I hope we can get you back on soon. I also want to thank the patrons who support the show, Aaron Simpkins at TrueStrengthApparel.com, Jay Sandin, LT, you guys rock. Also, the Track Stars Podcasting Network. Uh, there's a lot of podcasts over there you could check out, including the Track Stars Podcast, 520 Collective, Eminem Live Radio, 
and Solomon's Porch Podcast. So if you need some other stuff to listen to on the podcast platform you're on, make sure you go check those shows out. And uh, they're all great. And I'm kind of biased. You know, I really like Solomon's Porch Podcast, but that's because I'm part of that. And so just a little self-plug. But yeah, I appreciate everybody for tuning in. Uh, let me know. Let me know what you thought of this episode. I love getting feedback. And uh, just another quick request. If you haven't done so, uh, please head over to iTunes and rate the show. Uh, give a review, honest review. You know, if it's bad, let me know. If it's good, let me know. If it's mediocre, hey, I'll try to work on it to make it better. That's my goal. Uh, I, I, I want this show to be as beneficial for anybody out there who needs, uh, whether it's you know practical help, whether it's inspiration, or whatever it is, I want to be that guy that helps keep you driven and so until next time i do have another interview coming up next time i actually have two that's already done they are recorded they are ready to go but uh i can't just you know i wanted to release them early just because i had so many in the queue now but i can't do that because this well is really really good and there's really great interviews and i don't want it to run dry and so unfortunately you're going to get them every other week but i hope you enjoy them and always remember, the more you learn, the more you know, and the more you know, the more you grow. Thanks and God bless.